Hey guys, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend, a podcast about mental health and astrology. Have you guys ever had a bad day or felt so anxious to the point where you are struggling to find yourself in this vast society we call life? Not to worry, guys. I have felt this way too. The podcast interviews guests from college students to parents and even experts that talk about their journey to where they are in the present moment. So sit back and relax and remember that you are not alone. Without further ado, let's get started with today's podcast. Have you guys heard about Anchor by Spotify as being the easiest way to make a podcast? Let me explain. It's free. Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Best of all, when even hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, like I said before, Anchor is totally free. So pick up your phones, laptops, or whatever you use and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I hope to hear your podcast. Hey guys, and welcome back to the podcast. Episode 34 talks about the story of Dr. Marnie Hill Fadenero. She is an award-winning author, speaker, and educator. She earned her PhD in education at Harvard University, and Marnie gives great advice about her spiritual journey, overcoming her abusive relationship, and becoming an award-winning author. Marnie gives great advice about relationships and when it comes to work and passions and all that fun stuff. You guys can check out her book, God Came to My Garage Sale, by clicking in the link in the show descriptions. But before you guys tune into the podcast, please like and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Your ratings and subscriptions will help boost the podcast overall. But without further ado, here is my conversation with Marnie. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Your Spiritual Best Friend. I am your host, Josh Sanchez, and I'm here with a very special guest, Marnie. Marnie, how are you doing today, and what's going on? Well, I am doing great. It's another beautiful day in the Caribbean, so all is good. Oh, wow, you're in the Caribbean. Uh, what, yeah. what part? What part? <laughs> um, I, You know, I retired um, uh, from the Chicago suburbs about three years ago to St. Croix, in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Oh wow! How how is it over there? I, I, I it heard is awesome. It's every day is awesome here. <laughs> yeah, I must say, because uh, it's actually a funny story. Uh, my girlfriend actually, she went to I forget what type of Virgin Islands she went to, but she went like a couple, like a couple like years ago when she was in high school and stuff, and she absolutely loved it. So it's great to great to hear yeah. you, and congratulations on your retirement as well. I, I must say, a lot of hard work it, you must have done. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, I loved my career. I was a high school teacher for 35 years, and 12 of those years, I was an adjunct university professor. So I absolutely loved my career, but, you know, there was definitely a life change around the same time as my retirement, and when I was thinking of places I wanted to go, I was like, why not go to the ocean and be in the sunshine every day? So that's what, what I did. Wow. And and that leads me right to my next question. And I will say congratulations on that and congratulations on the shift, you know, being the teacher, especially for being a teacher for so long, definitely takes a lot of work and dedication. Yeah, and, yeah. and my first question for you is when it comes to like being a teacher, what really led, have you always had a passion to teach and help people or where did your passion for teaching really stem from? You know, well, both of my parents were educators and pretty much most every uncle and aunt were educators. So, you know, it was, I suppose they say it's in your blood, you know, so I was surrounded by that. Um, I just have a love of people and of humanity. And um, I love to see 
people realize their own potential. So it was, you know, the teaching profession was just a natural for me. Uh, but at a very early age, I, I went off to college um, in pursuit of my independence. And I um, actually was in business. Um, you know, that's, I really kind of felt that, you know, I wanted to be um, uh, successful. And back then, um, you know, I graduated high school, I'm going to date myself here, but in 1978, um, I was class of 79. So I, I graduated a year early, but I, I really was driven to somehow make it on my own. And I kind of thought business would be the way to go. And I loved my business classes, uh, but I was not very good at them. And my grades were not necessarily good for someone who usually had good grades. I, I really struggled. Um, and, you know, when I transferred schools and, you know, went into education, because I really just enjoyed enjoyed the people and enjoyed the opportunities and loved my classes then I think the passion just sort of came naturally there but but then actually starting my career and you know spending 35 years as an educator I just really um, enjoyed the whole environment um, of just helping people realize their potential and um, you know, I was never a teacher who got up in front of a class and lectured and that type of thing. I was more of a resource teacher helping them, you know, um, achieve. And that was just so rewarding for me. Wow. And I will say congratulations on all that hard work as well. And and it's really interesting. I, I didn't you really caught me off guard when you said like you went into school as um, you want to get in the business, you know, and then yeah. you didn't you realized that that really wasn't for you. And for someone that I kind of obviously like I wasn't in the business, but I also switched majors in college, um, similar mm -hmm. to you, where I I came in as an education and communications major. And then I went into field. I didn't realize like teaching is just a lot of standards, you know, a lot of academic standards you have to follow. And sure. I shifted from education to psychology. And now I'm doing this, having fun, you know, connecting with people. So as someone that also like switched careers and switched majors in college, you know, it definitely took a lot of work. And that leads me right to right to my next question. I know you said like uh, you were in you were in the business and then you switched majors. Um, and I know you mentioned a lot about like grades and stuff like that. When you did switch majors, how were you able to manage your time to to? Because you know, like we all we all have to finish school on that and on a certain time period. You know, how are you able to adjust so quickly and finish college still on time? Well, I, I didn't finish necessarily on time. So I did go an extra year and then an additional extra half year because I wanted some additional certifications um, just to make myself more marketable. I had no idea that I'd be offered my first teaching job that I took before I even graduated college. So, so that all worked out. But just in general, I, I think, you know, we all need to kind of be open to what are, you know, where we go on our path. And, you know, I had no idea that I would, after retirement, become an author and really be passionate about writing. And, um, you know, so I think we all just kind of have to be open to the people and situations in our lives and, and then choose what works for us, what we're interested in, uh, where we might be successful, um, but just where we we have a gut intuition that is, this is kind of where I belong and what I belong doing. Yeah. And, and that's some really good advice, you know, opening your mind, being open to trying new things, you know, and experiencing something else and experiencing new things. And I know you mentioned being an author and we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, uh, but just furthering our education conversation a little bit, because I know you said some great advice about like being open and stuff. What's some advice that you would usually give to like your students, you know, that are just trying to find themselves in the world, trying to find their careers? What's some advice that you would give to them? Oh my gosh, there's just so much advice and, and so much advice that was given to me that, you know, I incorporated into, you know, my choices. Um, but I, I would say, you know, try to be independent and, you know, you're always going to have family and friends, 
um, or even just, you know, um, your own observations that will influence you to, you know, go a certain route. And, you know, I, I'm a little leery of all the shoulds, like, you know, well, you should do this, this would be good for you. And, you know, no one really knows you better than yourself. And I think, you know, we're very impressionable. And lots of times we make decisions um, without really thinking through our decisions. And actually, some of those decisions have been my best decisions, you know, just kind of on the fly, just, you know, a gut feeling, and I just go with it. Sometimes those are really the best. But when it comes to the time and investment in education um, or certifications towards a degree, I think you really need to listen to your own heart and your own path and your own interests. You know, other people may mean very well, you know, but they are not the ones living your life. You are the ones, you know, you're living your own life. So I would say just, you know, definitely listen to the people close to you because they may, or and sometimes they may not have your best interest and you need to kind of follow your own dreams and, um, and pursue them, you know, and so that's what I would say is just, you know, uh, really try to follow your own heart. And, and sometimes that just takes trial and error going through things and saying, well, God, that not, that's not really for me. Um, let me try something else. Yeah. And, and I will say, cause as I'm hearing, like you really give some great advice and that was some really great advice, by the way, when it comes to, I, I, I like your point that you mentioned, like, not just like your good friends, but also your bad friends too, you know, like things like you learn from the people you meet. That's what I'm trying to say. Sure. Like, whether that's good or bad, like at the end of the day, like you said, like you're trying to find yourself in this world, you know, so going through trial and error, figuring out things, Hey, like I may have done this, this did not work. But I'm going to try something else, something in so, trusting your intuition, you know, trusting your gut. So these, those are just a lot of the things that I really took from your answer. And I really think it was a spot on answer and some great advice. Um, but just continuing our conversation, I know you mentioned, I know we talked a lot about like education and advice and stuff. I know that you have been big in the mental health field, right? And I know also like that led you to be an author. Um, tell the people a little bit when it comes to like your book, um, Describe that, like how, what was, describe your journey of creating that book and, and how are you feeling now about it? Well, well, actually I have a number of books that I have uh, put out there. Um, in fact, just yesterday I was um, inducted into the best selling authors international organization, which just blew me away that, that came as a surprise. But because I'm involved in not only my own books, where I am the sole author, I also got involved in some anthology books where, um, you know, someone has a certain topic and they uh, want other people contributing to it. And, you know, so being inducted into this, this organization um, was as a result of this one book that came out recently called We're All in This Together. Um, embrace one another and and everyone contributes a chapter on various topics. Um, I actually, when we talk about mental health, I address what's called parental alienation. And so that is what I chose to focus on on that you know book and that chapter. and um, and it went into an international best selling you know category, which was pretty cool. But my first book, you know, my first, writing endeavor really um, was a spiritual fiction called God Came to My Garage Sale. And that book um, was actually a result of a kind of a spiritual awakening. I had left an abusive marriage after 27 years, um, not really realizing that I would be losing everything, you know, like my home, my assets, even adult children to parental alienation. But all of that loss and that change is really, I believe, part of our spiritual journey. And, you know, at one point, I had to have a garage sale. And um, in, in the Midwest, in Illinois, that's a pretty common thing to see on weekends. Um, not when it's you know, below zero and snowing, but, you know, 
for many other times in the year, mostly in the summer or spring, when people are kind of clearing out and, you know, decluttering and, you know, just trying to hope that their belongings could help and uh, could find a new home and uh, someone else could enjoy them when you are done. But anyway, I had this garage sale and at this garage sale, which really could have been a very dark, depressing time for me. Um, and even though it did come with some challenges, I was actually shown some spiritual miracles. Um, so many that it prompted me to um, do a lot of research um, in the following years about spirituality and mostly people that had had STEs, which is what I had, spiritually transformative experiences, but also they're very similar to NDEs, which are near-death experiences, where people, you know, hundreds, actually thousands of people have given their testimonials about their experiences of dying and being revived, coming back to life. And, and they talk about their experiences and they're so profound that it is life-changing and mine was as well. And so I, it prompted me to write my spiritual fiction, God Came to My Garage Sale. And that just, you know, kind of opened up my, um, my experiences to realizing that writing can be very therapeutic and very, um, you know, healing and validating. And so I, I went on then to write a four book series that is more on the mental health field called True Deceit, False Love. And that addresses the issue of domestic violence, narcissistic abuse and parental alienation, but also addresses intergenerational family trauma. Because when you, when you at some point realize you're a victim of domestic violence and you know, it's kind of shocking to find yourself in this situation um, because you know, you'd like to think of yourself as a pretty balanced, you know, um, thoughtful, caring person, and that other people around you would be would have those same values, but but not everyone does. And and at some point when you, you know, in my case, I escaped the situation, but when you choose to leave that kind of situation, you have to do some inner work. So you have a background in psychology and, you know, and, and I had to take many psychology classes. Uh, and I shouldn't say I had to, I was fortunate enough to be able to take psychology classes and, and learn about all sorts of things. But when you're in the midst of trying to figure out your own like abuse story and journey, you do have to do some inner work and you have to reflect on your own family and kind of, you know, what, um, what your experiences were that maybe led you to being a target, you know, for someone to abuse. But anyway, it's all very enlightening and as challenging and certainly negative as, as it can be. It can be very positive and illuminating because then you can, you know, see what the situation is and you can change the course of your life. You can say, hey, I'm going to move out of that situation that no longer serves me, or I'm going to, um, you know, back away from some people that may not be serving my higher good. And actually in doing that, it opens up your world to other people that, you know, have, um, you know, values of integrity that can be similar to yours. I mean, it's, it's just all... Uh, ever changing. It's kind of like when they talk about relationships or situations that they can be for, you know, um, a lifetime, um, but they can also just be for a reason or a season. And, you know, so all of us can look back at some of the relationships and situations that we have and realize, hey, we were really good friends earlier on in our life, but now we don't really talk that much. It's because we've naturally evolved. And that's an okay thing. We have to give ourselves permission to, you know, allow for these changes. And so what I have done in my four book series, True Deceit, False Love, is, you know, I'm bringing awareness just in the first book to terminology that is used in, in any kind of recovery 
you know, community situation. But then the second book is poetry. And the third book is a workbook for other people. So I just have found writing to be very healing, very validating. And if what I can say from my experiences or incorporating the, the stories of other people, if in any kind of writing that I can do, if it can help another person, even if it's just one person, then I feel that's time well spent. Yeah, and, and I will say, wow, that was a very powerful answer, Marnie. I, I, I will say, like, you talked a lot about, like, your books and also through your own experiences you as well. And, and I will say one thing that I really – that really stuck by me as you were describing your journey is – this like concept of doing when you are experiencing like domestic violence, you know, it's all you have to really take a lot of internal work, like you said. So like really like figuring out everything that that you that you like process with that you went through internally. And I will say like that was very just a very powerful answer. And I will say credit to you for taking those steps internally, you know, and now using your experiences to teach and further educate other people through writing and stuff. And and I completely agree with you when it comes to writing being very therapeutic. Um, I know for me, like whenever I'm stressed out or I'm going through a lot of stuff mentally and going through family trauma and stuff, when I have journaled, it's really helped me. Um, so, so hearing like you describe like, Hey, like the powerful, of writing I, I 10 out of 10 recommend and I really want people to well if you are going through it you know taking that time to just write and reflect internally and it because once you understand yourself like you said then you're able to take that next step you know and and go forth and and expand and grow you know and and that's another thing that was a part of your answer too that was just really spot on was the idea of like you're just evolving you know some people are meant to just be with you during this phase of your life and then when you do take the next steps, you know, you meet new people and obviously like you always will have a couple friends that stay along the way, you know, but I mean, for the most part, you know, you're just growing, you know, and you're finding yourself. So I will say, uh, Marnie, that was a really just spot on answer. And, and I will say your story is definitely powerful and I can definitely see why one of your books definitely got the international award. So I'm just really happy to just wanted to give you some validation when it comes to that. And I was, as I was hearing your story, I was just like, wow, like just really just listening internally, you know, and, and that, well, lead, you know, yeah. we have to give ourselves permission to evolve. And, mm -hmm. you know, what has helped me throughout the good times and the lower times is just, you know, knowing that it's part of the journey and that we are all evolving and that's okay. Give yourself permission you know, to, to make the decisions for yourself that you need to. Another thing that has just been, you know, very important in my life is just handling any challenge with love, compassion, goodness, and honesty. And, you know, I think that if you approach any challenging or negative situation or people with the lens of goodness, then, then, you know, eventually good things happen. I think that we we also, as people, as human beings, have the ability to manifest things. So if we are thinking positive thoughts, you know, we're more likely to encounter positive experiences. And the same is true for negative. So, so even the, the people that are, you know, are negative in my life, like an abuser, you know, I don't wish negative on them. I only wish positive. You know, I hope that they would be shown God's mercy. And, you know, it's not necessarily a religious thing at all. It's more, it's more just goodness of humanity or, you know, um, incorporating some of the divine that, that there could be a higher power, you know, that is, influencing or guiding us. But, you know, I, I don't look at the negative people as enemies. And, you know, I don't wish bad things to happen to anyone. I only wish goodness and light. And so hopefully if I, my soul can send positive thoughts to, to their soul, that maybe they can evolve. And, you know, everyone's on the journey, even, even people that, you know, are, are mean to other people or have, are dishonest or, you know, have malevolent actions that they have committed to other people. They may not always be that way. And there could be some, some reasons why 
they are the way they are. And you just hope that everyone will do a little bit of internal work to see, you know, what their role in, in things were. But I just, I believe in handling all challenges with goodness, love, light, uh, positivity, you know, and I think that that is the way to approach things. And, you know, it's not that you don't acknowledge the negative. It's not that you don't look out for your safety. If that's something that you need to do, you need to be vigilant and still, you know, um, be your own advocate. But, you know, um, and it's a tough reality to realize that even though you're a good, loving, honest person, not everyone is wired that way. And um, at least when you've interacted with them or whatever. And, you know, you just have to accept that and uh, surround yourself with people that are like-minded, that, you know, um, share your beliefs or, or also just bring good to humanity and the world. Yeah, and, and I will say that's just just continuing our conversation. Like I, that is a, that is just another great piece of advice, you know. Because I mean, when you surround yourself with positive people, you know, or you surround yourself with people, you feed off of their energy, whether that's negative or positive. And I just like you said, like your whole answer, just overall, just like everything starts internal, you know. Whether that's meeting somebody or whether that's doing a new experience, work, relationships, whatever, it's all, everything starts internal. So are you taking what people around you are saying and, and learning from it, whether that's good, bad, or whatever, you know, and, and trauma has a lot of forms, you know, and, and for some people, they act up because of their trauma. Some people take it internal, reflect and grow from it, you know, so it trauma always manifests and it does affect people day by day. And I will say, Marnie, that was just a really just spot on answer as well. And just continue our, our conversation. I know we talked a lot about like work and passions and, and all that stuff. Transitioning a little bit. Um, I know for this podcast, we do usually talk about astrology and relationships and stuff. So just talking, we'll have some little fun with this relationship conversation. So um, when it comes to relationships, what are some like qualities that you look for in a friend and also like a romantic partner? I, I would say honesty is, you know, at this point in my life, honesty is number one. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm very fortunate with my partner. You know, he is very interesting and fun and supportive and um, uh, intelligent. You know, um, I'm just really enjoying this phase of my life. Um, but when I look back at my interest in my romantic partner, my, my spouse of 27 years, you know, that you do have to admit that even though, you know, everything kind of became extremely negative, um, there were many positive things about that relationship too. And all relationships serve a purpose at some point in your life. And if I didn't have that relationship, I wouldn't have grown into the person that I am now. If I didn't have that relationship, I wouldn't have had two beautiful children that, you know, are still trying to navigate their way through their life. But, you know, such a, there were, there were many joyful, wonderful times. So I think it's important to reflect back with an open lens to realize, hey, it's not, it wasn't all bad or all good. I think that's part of the, the problem with, alienation and some abuse is that it's it's all or nothing black or white you know where it's not gray and and I think life isn't just that way it isn't all bad or all good you know so you know getting back to your question about like what are some things that I look for you know the biggest thing is honesty and you know my that is just a value that is so important to me and when you know, it comes to my attention that, you know, a friend has been extremely dishonest and, you know, will even go so far as to betray you, you know, then I've got to make the choice to, hey, that's not necessarily my values and what I resonate with, you know, so um, as hard as it is, sometimes you need to step back away and, you know, just focus in on what your values are, but honesty is a big one. Um, of course, there's so many qualities that make up people, but that's the big one for me. 
Yeah, and I and I definitely agree with that because honesty is definitely an important quality to have in any relationship, whether that's friends, family, loved ones. Because I mean, when you are experiencing like a relationship, whether that's friendships, romantic partner, you gotta you gotta be able to have honest and real conversations with that person. You know, that's how we grow as people. That's how we understand each other. And if and if they lie from the beginning. Like that just completely messes you up mentally and, and, and it takes a lot of internal work to overcome that and then eventually like use that as a learning experience for future relationships, you know? Yeah, right, so. and lying can come in many forms. Mm -hmm. Like, so someone could outright lie with something just outlandish, but they could also like, you know, do a campaign of denigration, a smear campaign where they actually will, will tell people half-truths you know, but make it so believable that they really believe the, the real negative part. You know, there's also lying by an omission. So there are people that don't, they, they just don't say certain things. Um, but because of that, you know, they're lying by omission there. So um, there are a lot of different ways that this can, can, you know, present itself. But, you know, and, and it's very easy. I mean, people stay in abusive situations for years and years and years because they have been gaslit to believe that they are not capable or worthy or whatever. And that's a form of lying, too, where they put down some of your very good and beautiful qualities and make you question your own worth and your own decisions. And so lying can come in all different kinds of forms. And it's not easy to spot. Sometimes, though, you get a light bulb moment where it, then it becomes crystal clear for you. You know, other times it's, it's a gradual process where, you know, there are too many deceitful things that you've kind of ignored. And I think that's human nature too. It's a defense mechanism I think we have is to ignore um, some really bad behavior because we don't want to believe that anyone would do something so bad or we don't or we, we, we are nervous about having our life change, or we have, you know, um, small children, you know, and we don't want to upset the, you know, their stability. Um, but at some point, you need to kind of look out for yourself, and you're not doing um, the, the dishonest people any favors to keep the narrative going either. At some point, you know, they need to kind of realize, hey, you know, I've lost this friend, this friend, this partner, or whatever. Maybe I'm doing something that's, you know, contributing to that. So I, it's all a journey and, and we all impact each other. And, you know, so I just think at some point, you know, our eyes awaken. And there are some very wise souls that learn very early on. And then there's others like me. I think I'm a slow learner in some ways. You know, I'd like to think that I, I, you know, was pretty aware and, and, you know, um, of what to look for or whatever. But, you know, as my mom always told me, I'm God's favorite pupil, because I just sometimes have to learn things the hard way. But, you know, with, without looking at that as a negative, that's all part of our evolving. So it, it can be a very positive thing. Yeah. And, and just adding to your point, and, and towards the end of your answer, like, I wouldn't say that, because I, I, I don't like the term like slow learner just because like like you said, like it's all about everyone has their own spiritual journey and what they're going through in this lifetime. I'm a firm believer in past lifetimes and also I'm a firm believer in like our current lifetime, you know, for some people, they're meant to learn a lot from their past lifetimes, the mistakes that they've made in, in order from them to grow in this lifetime, you know, everybody is different. So like you said, some people, they just get it at a young age. Whereas others, you know, like they have to go through trials and tribulations to overcome that. Everybody has their own, their own thing that they have to overcome, you know, and, and I, I, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily call that slow, you know, but I just think it's more just for this lifetime, like Marty, like you really had to learn from your experience, you know, and you're able to learn from it and grow. And now you're super successful. You know, you're in the inner in the Caribbean. I see the sunshine. I know you have like a, a cool background, but I still see some sunshine in the background. I'm like, okay, like you had to overcome that experience, you know, in order to grow and get out and, and overcome that. And if you weren't right, able to. But yeah. I also found that, you know, 
found goodness mm -hmm. and joy throughout my whole life with all of my experiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, but yes, it, it's, you know, people like you were saying, and you so eloquently said that, you know, people are at different paths and, you know, and it could have a lot to do with our past lives and what we signed up to come to, to earth for what, what, what was our learning experience? What did we want to, you know, um, go through? to evolve as a soul. Yeah. And, and I just, I just completely agree. You know, all this conversation really just interests me, you know, it, it always has, and it's always been like a passion of mine. Um, but just transitioning a little bit, I know we talked a lot about relationships and what you have gone through in your own spiritual journey. Um, when it comes to astrology, I know you were curious to learn a little bit about yourself in astrology. Uh, my first question, just overall, when it comes to astrology, like, are you, how, how interested are you into it? And like, what really like led you to want to learn? Well, you know, I'm interested, but I, I really haven't done the, the homework, the background work to really understand it. Um, you know, and I love your podcast, you know, your spiritual best friend. I just love the, the title of it because I, I am definitely on a spiritual journey. I, there have been times I've been extremely motivated to learn, like when I had that garage sale and I had some of these mystical, magical experiences that, you know, could not be described, um, you know, in a very tangible way. Um, it, it really prompted me to do so much research and uh, I was just so motivated to attend IONS conferences with the International Association for Near-Death Studies and hear other people's accounts. And after researching and reading a lot of books on people that have, have um, you know, tapped into the divine, it, it, it was very interesting for me. And then it validated a lot of what I experienced. So I'm not alone. This, this didn't just happen to me. It's happened to thousands of other people. And, and it takes a lot of courage to even talk about it because it's not necessarily mainstream. I mean, it's becoming a little more mainstream now because, it, you know, many of us have commented that we're finding ourselves in a spiritual warfare right now with the world, that it's not necessarily medically related or politically medic, you know, related, that it's really spiritual, you know, between dark and light and evil and, and good. And, and so that's kind of opening our awareness a lot more than, than let's say 10 years ago. So now we're kind of forced to, look at our world and say, what the heck is going on? What's this all about? And I, along with many other people, believe that there's, you know, a lot of spiritual warfare kind of, uh, warfare isn't even the right term. So it's, you know, spiritual reckoning or whatever that we're going through. But, you know, so, so I'm interested, but, you know, I, I am, you know, a perpetual student. So I'm always, uh, into learning more. And so I, I am not an expert at, at all in this area. I'm just someone, an ordinary everyday person that experienced some extraordinary miracles that changed my life and prompted me to look into this more and prompted me to write, you know, that spiritual fiction so that I could, you know, tell some stories, not necessarily my own experiences, some of them were definitely inspired by my own experiences, but I also incorporated in my writing and in my spiritual fiction, many other people's experiences. And uh, in a way that the everyday person could maybe take a look at that and maybe become a little bit more spiritual because of, of what I've written and then they could go back. I can't tell you how many times, Joshua, when I talk about this book, or my experiences where someone says, you know, I never thought about it, but, you know, and I never told anyone about this, but I actually had what I think was a near-death experience or, you know, so, so I think our voices matter because when we do open up these conversations, it allows other people to join into the conversation and add their own experiences, but it's definitely all a learning, learning journey. And, um, you know, so I have a lot to learn. So I would love to hear any wisdom that you have 
um, regarding astrology or spirituality? Oh, yeah, of course. And uh, what I always tell people when it comes to like just starting out when it comes to astrology, like for me, how I learned um, my girlfriend's best friend actually came from Indonesia and then we were all sitting and having a conversation and then we were, they were both talking about like astrology charts and I was like, Oh snap, like, like this is definitely cool. So like I started doing like a lot of deep research and I figured out that there's three charts. I'll, I'm, I'm really going to talk about just like your main chart now, just, and if you're curious to learn more, I can always send you like links and stuff too. Cause it's definitely really cool. But what I always tell people when it comes to astrology is it's not the clear end all like be all but i i use it as like another tool to understand yourself so like for me like like i study psychology and stuff so that's one tool for me therapy is also another tool for me whereas with astrology that's just another tool for me to help understand myself just adding to your point um when you mentioned a lot about like writing spirituality it's all about understanding yourself at the end of the day that's how i really take spirituality overall um but with your chart martini uh, i know um, for you, your the signs I know is your sun sign, your moon sign, your Mercury, Venus, Mars, and rising. So I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna explain a little bit in each detail. So your rising sign. So on your charts, I sent you a couple screenshots. Um, it's gonna be titled ASC, but with that, your rising sign that's mainly who you appear to others as. So like that's like first impressions. So. Your sun sign for you, your sun sign is like who you are to your core. So your sun is a Virgo. So like in your core, you are a Virgo. So like you're very into details and helping people. A lot of Virgos I know are actually teachers, which is definitely very interesting to hear. Um, But your rising is a Scorpio. So you appear to others as a Scorpio, but in your core, you are a Virgo. That's just an example, a little example. So Scorpios are very just like, they're very emotionally intense. So like, They're very, they love to have deep, meaningful conversations. They like to stay private and reserved. But when they do talk, they like to have real conversations. Like it's not about small, cheap conversations. Scorpios are very emotionally intense um, people. Um, But that's That's spot on. That's spot on completely (laughs) because in many ways, people will look at me and think I'm extremely private. Mm -hmm. But when I do get to talking with someone who is honest and interesting and will have those deep conversations, I'm all in, you know, so I'm there. So yeah, those, that's definitely spot on for me. Yeah. And just continuing like your moon sign. So that's how you process things like emotionally and your moon's actually the same as your rising sign. So Scorpio. So that's just, again, just adding what I said um, when it comes to having like those deep emotional conversations Scorpios tend to be very private, but when they do open up, like it's a real emotionally intense conversation. Um, Mercury, that's the planet of communication. So it's like your communication style. And for you, it's it's in Libra. So if you Libras, they're, they're assigned, their their sign image is a balance scale. So with Libras, it's all about finding balance, finding that equilibrium. So taking, so let's say two people are in an argument, you are like the mediator in a situation. So like you'll look at this person's side and also look at this person's side and then come to an equilibrium. Some people, when they communicate, they're very just like, this is my point. This is what I want. With Libras, they tend to let's see the gray area here. Let's see both sides and let's form. They're very, they're very, it's, it's like a balance scale. So that need for balance. Um, my grandma, and actually, yeah. that is so true, Joshua, because <laughs> like, for example, when I have been asked to talk about, you know, domestic violence, you know, I've had someone say to me, you know, how could you wish your abuser or any of the abusers or their flying monkeys or anyone, how could you wish them well and, and, and be positive. And, and I think it's that, that balance, like you're saying um, with the Libra that there, there are good things and bad things. And we have to kind of look at both of them there, you know, so I do look at the gray and, you know, it's not necessarily all or nothing. You know, it's not to say I don't have strong opinions about things, but I certainly, um, have a healthy respect for other people's opinions. Yeah. And, and I completely agree just from like our conversation in general, I can definitely pick that as well. And cause like this, you take the positives and the negatives and you're able to just form that gray area, you know, and use it as an experience. 
Um, and right. ju- yeah, and just continuing like your Mars. So your Mars is like the planet of aggression and sexuality. So that's similar to your Mercury and Libra. So like you said, just adding that point more. So like maybe that explains why, like when it comes to like your aggressiveness, you know, you tend to look for the positives and the negatives in that balance because that's what your Mars is in Libras. So for example, like some people, they have a Mars in fire. So they're very like, when it comes to aggression, like they're very passionate, like they're going, you know what I mean? Like they're ready. Whereas like with you, when it comes to like, like describing your own journey, you know, like it's that need like you for balance, like you're understanding like, hey, like this situation happened, this situation happened. I'm able to form that and use that as my experience. So that's like some when it comes to Mars, a lot of people are different when it comes to their aggression style. Um, right. And I don't, you know, just even that word aggression, mm-hmm. I I really don't even look at myself as aggressive. I can be very purposeful and mindful and um, goal oriented, but, you know, I don't necessarily look at myself as aggressive. So I guess it would make sense that, that I've got that balancing, um, you know, and, and I don't always respond to people being very aggressive to me. You know, it, it kind of makes me want to back off, but maybe you're using the word aggression in a different, in a different way. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like what I mean by aggression is just sort of like, well, it, it's sort of similar to that, like how you were describing it, just like overall aggression. And so like some people will like take initiative, you know, to do things. Some people, they're very yeah. like, will sit back and go with the flow. So like you can take aggression as like many different ways. It, it's definitely like a very broad term because um, when I was reading it, like it said, like Mars was aggression. I was like, oh, so like I can interpret that in many different ways. Um, but just continuing, I actually just learned this new term. So it's your North Node. So your North Node, that's apparently like your deepest, like darkest fear. So like, you know how I mentioned like past lives in like sure. earlier, earlier. Um, so with North Node, like your your South Node and North Node, they're sister signs. So like, so your North Node is in Leo. So the sister sign to Leo is in Aquarius. So I'll explain sister signs to you in like a whole other conversation. Um, but so your South Node is like who the mistakes that you have made in like your past lives and your North node is what you're supposed to learn in this lifetime through your past lifetimes mistakes. So, so your South node is in Aquarius. So Aquarius are very like reserved. They don't really stand out from the crowd. They're very like they're, they stay within their group. Right. Whereas Leo's Leo's are very expressive. Like, you know, a Leo when they come into the room, like they're very, they're like, I'm out here. This is my life. So what you're supposed to learn in this lifetime is you're supposed to learn to stand out from the crowd, take those next steps, you know, and that definitely leads to why, like you created your own books, you know, like that's you standing out, finding yourself in this world. And you ended up getting award because of that, because you were able to, you stand out from the crowd. So that's something in this lifetime that you were supposed to learn. Um, okay. yeah, that's a new term that I just learned like a couple weeks ago. And I, and oh, I, very cool. And yeah. it makes a lot of sense, you know, to mm-hmm. look at where we came from before yep. we came here in our past life and what we're trying to fulfill now, you know, and, um, to grow and to evolve. So that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's so neat. You're interested in this because, you know, um, a lot of people don't take the time to to look into these things and how they they can impact us and they can also just explain a lot as well. Well, yeah, of course. And uh, just to conclude, like our little horoscope reading, because I know you were really interested into it. So I really wanted to yeah. Deep, yeah. give a little deep dive for you when it comes to your chart. Um, but when it comes to I, oh, this is also another website that I when I first started out, I Googled. So you just literally, because I know for you, like you are a Virgo sun with a Scorpio moon. So if you're ever bored, just Google Virgo sun, Scorpio moon. And usually just like the first or second link that pops up, it's the horoscope.co. It's a good website for people just wanting to learn and get get into things. So I Googled your sun and and moon and um, it has a little reading. So as I give this reading before, like we wrap everything up, uh, just tell me some thoughts that come to mind. So for you, Um, It is a Virgo sun, Scorpio moon. So it says an intuitive personality composed. The Virgo sun, Scorpio moon personality may seem grounded and realistic on the outside, 
but in reality counts a lot of intuition and emotions. Positives for your sun and moon combination. Very skillful, skillful, observant, and thorough. Negatives can be a little bit careless at times and has, and has had moments of insecurities. Perfect partner, someone who will put their nervousness first. And word of advice for your sun and moon combination, they should be less demeaning, uh, demeaning, yeah, demeaning, sorry, with working with others. So as I give your positives, negatives, perfect partner and advice, what are some thoughts that come to mind? Well, you know, it, it seems that it could be very spot on, you know, like many of us who aren't, weren't, didn't get into this that much, we might read our horoscope in the newspaper, you know, or online or something, and all the time say, wow, that is spot on. How did they know that? You know, so whenever I read my horoscope, I can always find bits and pieces of truth in that. And I think with what you said, I, there's definitely bits and pieces. I'm sure that there was a time that I was very insecure especially when I was being gaslit to believe that I wasn't as capable as, you know, I know that I am, but I, I, just like you said, I am very observant and, and I can be extremely thorough. I, I see things to the end and, you know, definitely I'm very detail oriented. So, so yeah, very cool. Yeah. And, and I, and I will say, yeah, it's like, that's usually just like a very basic reading, you know, just to give everybody a good little idea and get started. Um, but I will say I've really enjoyed our time and where can everybody check out your books and also like your website and stuff. I'll, I'll let you have the floor. Okay. Well, thanks Joshua. And thank you for having such a cool podcast and just being the amazing person that you are. So it's just been uh, just a joy to connect with you and um, to learn about what you're doing and, and to tune into your podcast. You know, everyone should check out your spiritual best friend. Um, but, you know, I, um, to find me, I'm not on social media just uh, because I really wanted to spend more time writing and, um, and that seems to be an ever evolving kind of platform situation, but I do have a website, which is the name of my spiritual fiction. So it's www.godcametomygaragesale.com. And there, there are different menu tabs. You can read about my books. I've had some amazing people endorse all of my books. So you could read about them and um, what they do and what they had to say about what I'm doing. And then I have a happening section that I keep up to date with um, different book signings, TV interviews, podcasts, you know, radio shows. Um, but I also highlight other people at times on my website under the happenings as well, um, so that you can check out other resources and, and, and people and what they're doing. So uh, the best way to reach me is my website. So www. God came to my Wow. And I will say uh, that's a, and I'm just checking your website now. It's really cool. And I 10 out of 10 guys recommend check it out. And, and I will say, Marnie, I, I've had a great conversation. You really give some great advice and have really great intuition when it comes to understanding yourself and some, and like I said, give great advice to people listening. And I really hope people enjoyed our conversation. But Marnie, I will say, stay safe over there in the Caribbean. Enjoy the sunshine because I know it's cold up here where I am in the Northeast. And please stay safe. Well, thank you so much. And it's just been an honor talking with you. So thank you. I appreciate it.